الحمد لله رب العالمين ولا عاقبة للمتقين ولا عدوان إلا على الظالمين وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله صلوات الله والسلام عليه وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين أما بعد فالحمد لله ولا بلسن and the Father of Allah Azza wa Jal, that I find myself here, مَعَ إِخْوَانِي أَحِبَّائِي with my beloved brothers among Ahlu Sunnah in the Salafi Center in Manchester. And before we begin, we ask Allah Azza wa Jal that He blesses these types of jilsat, these types of sittings and gatherings with the people of Sunnah. And that He subhanahu wa ta'ala that he allows them to be sittings. They are sittings of khayr and barakah and reminding one another. And no doubt, ayyul ahibbah, that these topics that are asatidah have been covering, that no doubt they are of extreme importance for the Muslim and Ahl Sunnah. That knowing and being aware of some of these ailments and diseases of the heart, so that we may be Taala protect our own hearts, and we may avoid these diseases. That I knew the evil. As the poet said, that I knew the evil, not for the evil itself, but in order to abstain from it. For the one who does not know the evil from good, then he falls into it. As anhu said, that the people used to ask the Messenger of Allah about the good. However, I used to ask him about the evil. I used to ask him about the evil. And he mentioned the sabab and the reason behind this. The hikmah, the wisdom behind this. Our fear that it may be for me. So Alhamdulillah, this is the way of the people of Sunnah, is that we are aware of those things that are a fitna for many, that are a trial and tribulation, and that many of the people are tested with, that has caused many to fall ill, and move further away from the deen of Allah wa ta'ala. And our brothers from the Asatidah, that they have already mentioned some of these ailments and diseases of the heart. And inshallah ta'ala in this sitting, that we wish to mention and discuss two of the most prominent of those diseases and sicknesses of the heart. And we find that sadly, that they are widespread, they are common, they are plaguing our society. 
And that is as pertains to hubbul mal wal jah. Loving and chasing after wealth. Loving and chasing after wealth and status. And we find, ayyul ahibbah, that these two affairs, that the Messenger of Allah himself, they had warned us from these affairs extensively. Such as that which we find in the hadith of Ka'b bin Malik, عنه, as collected by Tirmidhi and others, that the Messenger of Allah he gave us a beautiful example. Of these two affairs. He said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Ma that bani, Ja'i'an, Ursila fi ghanamin, Bi afsadalaha min hirsil mar'i ala al-mari wa sharf nidini. He said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that two hungry wolves that have been let loose among a flock of sheep are no more harmful and destructive. To those sheep, then a man's desire and eagerness to acquire wealth and fame is destructive to his religion. And what a beautiful example that the Messenger of Allah gave us as a warning from these two affairs. Al-hirsu al-mal wa-sharf. A deep desire and eagerness to acquire wealth and fame and, and status, that those two hungry wolves let loose among a flock of sheep, that they are referring to what, Ya Ikhwan? Those two hungry wolves, they are an example of al-mal, of al-mal and al-jah, the sharf. They're an example of wealth and seeking status. And Ibn Rajab rahimahullah, he explains and says, that just how those two wolves have been let loose upon a flock of sheep, then similar is the example of a love for wealth and status. And that is let loose to inflict damage upon the heart and corrupt the heart. And those two wolves, they pose no more of a threat to those sheep and are no more harmful and destructive to them than how the love of wealth and fame and status are destructive to a man's what, ya ikhwan? To a man's deen, to a man's religion. And look at this example here, Ikhwan, of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu And it should really put into perspective for us and the, re- the reality of these affairs and how much of a threat and danger and how detrimental they are to one's religion. And likewise we find in the hadith of Abu Hurairah radiallahu ta'ala anhu that the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu said بَادِرُوا بِالْأَعْمَالِ فِتَنًا كَقَطْعِ اللَّيْلِ الْمُظْلِمِ Hasten in performing good deeds before you are overtaken by fitan. 
by trials which would be like a part of a dark night. Then he said, وسلم, warning us again, that a man would be a believer in the morning and turn to a disbeliever in the evening. Or he will be a disbeliever in the morning. Or he will be a believer in the evening, Afwan, and turn into a disbeliever in the morning. Then he said وسلم, something extremely important as a result of this. He said, That he will sell his religion for a share of the dunya. He will sell his religion for a portion of this dunya. To this extent and this extreme. That that is where his love of wealth has led him. That he ends up selling his religion for a small portion of the dunya. And this is why, ya ikhwan, from the disease, that we find that this is from the disease of mother, of, or as a result of, of loving wealth, seeking after to acquire this wealth. As Allah Azza wa Jal has informed us, وَتُحِبُّونَ الْمَالَ حُبًّا إِشْ And you love wealth with much love. And with a deep-rooted love. And he said, subhanahu wa ta'ala, زُيِّنَ لِلنَّاسِ حُبُّ الشَّهَوَاتِ مِنَ النِّسَاءِ وَالْبَنِينَ وَالْقَنَاطِيرِ الْمُقَنْطَرَةِ مِنَ الذَّهَبِ وَالْفِضَّةِ وَالْخَيْلِ الْمُسَوَّمَةِ وَالْأَنَعَامِ وَالْحَرْفِ ذلك متاع الحياة الدنيا والله عنده حسن المآب The beautified for people is the love of that which they desire by way of women and children and sums of gold and silver and fine branded horses and cattle and tilled land and then he said subhanahu wa ta'ala as a reminder ذلك متاع الحياة الدنيا and that indeed is the enjoyment of this world. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has with him the best return. And Ibn Rajab ta'ala, he mentions in his book, He mentions this disease of loving wealth. And he mentions it in great detail. And then he says that the love of wealth is of two types. This hubbul mal, this love for wealth, is of two types. He said the first type, or the first category, is a severe love of wealth, and a constant pursuit of seeking it. A severe love of wealth, and a constant pursuit in seeking and acquiring that wealth. Then he says, from its lawful means. That he does so. He has that hirs. He loves to acquire that wealth. But he does so from a lawful means. And then he says, the second type. And it is more, it is a shed. 
is more severe and detrimental. And he says, it's like the first. It's like the first. Meaning he loves wealth, he seeks it, he wants to acquire it. However, he does so from any means necessary. He does so from any means necessary. He'll acquire it however he can acquire it. And likewise, he will deny all of the rights that are due upon that wealth or upon the people. And he says, and this is from the blameworthy shuh. This is what is known as a shuh. That blameworthy shuh that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned to us when he said, وَمَن يُوقَ شُحَّ نَفْسِي فَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الْمُفْلِحُونَ and whoever is protected from the stinginess of his own soul, then indeed he will be from the, su- the successful ones. And likewise, the Messenger of Allah said in relation to this, He said, لا يجتمع الشح والإيمان في قلب عبد أبدا. He said that stinginess and iman can never be combined in the heart of the servant. Abada, ever. Can never be combined in the heart of the servant. And he said, Sallallahu Wasallam, as occurs in the hadith of Abu Tha'laba, that when he came to Abi Umayyah, a Sha'bani, and he asked him about the ayah, he said, Kayfa tasna'u bihadil ayah, that how do you implement and understand this ayah? So Abi Umayyah said, Which ayah are you referring to? And he said the statement wherein Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu alaykum anfusakum. La yadurrukum man dalla idha hdadaytum. Oh, you have believed upon you is to concern for your own selves. Indeed, those who have gone astray will not harm you when you are guided. So he said in response to this, he said, قَالْ أَمَا وَاللَّهِ لَقَدْ سَأَلْتَ عَنْهَا خَبِيرًا He said, by Allah, you have asked someone who is well informed. فَإِنِّي سَأَلْتُ عَنْهَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ فَقَالْ For indeed, I asked about this ayah, the Messenger of Allah وسلم, And he said, then he narrates this hadith, where he said, صلى الله بَلِئْتَمِرُوا بِالْمَعْرُوفِ وَتَنَاهُوا عَنِ الْمُنْكَرُ حَتَّى إِذَا رَأَيْتَ شُحًّا مُطَاعًا وَهَوًا مُتَّبَعًا وَدُنْيَا مُؤْثَرَةً وَإِعْجَابَ كُلِّ ذِي رَأْيٍ بِرَأْيِهِ He said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that rather you will command with the good and you will forbid the evil until you see wealth and shuh that miserliness being obeyed, desires being followed, and the dunya being given preference to. And every single self-opinionated person amazed with his own opinion. Listen to these afaz, ya ikhwan. Shuhan, muta'an, miserliness, being obeyed, and being given into, submitted to, desires being followed, 
without question. And the dunya being prioritized. And every person who has an opinion in an affair, that he is amazed and astounded by his very own opinion. Is this not some of what we see happening nowadays, Ya Ikhwan? And to some degree, is this not what we see happening? That we see opinionated people and personalities amazed at themselves. Amazed at what comes out of their own mouths. He thinks that his opinion matters most. And he has i'jab. He has that amazement. Amazement at his own self, his own opinions. And this no doubt is from the tricks of the shaytan. Why? Because how does the shaytan take many of the youth away? How does he take them away from their elders and their brothers upon sunnah? That he makes them feel amazed. He makes himself feel amazed at his own self. That you find that some of them will go away. Perhaps study for a bit. Learn a bit of Arabic. Come back feeling that self-importance. That entitlement to be in a position. Amazed at their own selves. And the little that they have achieved. And put forward. You find that he is amazed at his level. And the small amount of knowledge that he has gained. So what happens? He comes back. And he starts thinking that he is better. And he knows better. And he starts to nitpick. And he starts finding faults with his brothers upon sunnah. That he no longer has that humility. What happened to that tawadu'? What happened to that humility and humbleness that you once had? And this is not a hypothetical situation, ya ikhwan. This is reality. This is what we see happening time and time again. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. And it goes back to what, ya ikhwan? It goes back to being amazed. Self-amazement. Amazed at their own opinions. فَعَلَيْكَ نَفْسَكَ So he said, sallallahu wa sallam, So upon you is to concern with your own self. إِلَىٰ آخِرِ الْحَدِيثِ to the end of the hadith. Na'am fashahid. Barakallahu feekum. Is that from those affairs that he mentioned, sallallahu wa sallam, is madha? Is what? The first affair? Shuhhan muta'an. That you will see miserliness being obeyed and being given into. Wallahu musta'an. Na'am. Which is the second type that Ibn Rajab Ta'ala mentioned. And then he says after mentioning him, he says, وَمَتَى وَصَلَ الْحِرْسِ عَلَى الْمَالِ إِلَى هَذِهِ الدَّرَجَةِ نَقَصَ بِذَلِكَ الدِّينِ وَالْإِيمَانِ نَقْصًا بَيِّنًا He says, so when this pursuit of wealth has reached to such a degree and such a level and he's reached such a degree, his love and desire for wealth has reached such a level 
that it now becomes shuh, it now becomes that blameworthy form of miseriness and acquiring it through whatever means necessary. That when it reaches such a level, then one's deen and iman weakens and diminishes in a clear and obvious way. And it's noticeable. It's clear to see. It leaves a mark. It's visible upon the person. And you see this sometimes. You see the effect it has upon individuals. That what happens to his tamasuk and he's clinging firm to the deen of Allah Azza wa Jal. You find him now struggling. Becomes hard for him. Because that love of wealth has entered into his heart. To such a degree. To such a level. And it cannot be combined with iman in the heart of the servant. Doesn't happen. The two cannot coincide. So therefore one overpowers the other. And you see the visible effect upon him. You can see it's had an effect upon him. Do you find him struggling to hold on to his religion? Why? Loving wealth to such an extent they become shuh. Wallahu musta'an. Then he says, Ibn Rajab rahimahullah, فَإِنْ مَنَعَ الْوَاجِبَانِ وَتَنَاوَلَ مُحَرَّمَاتِ يَنْقُصُ بِهِمَ الدِّينِ وَالْإِيمَانِ بِلَا رَيْهِ حَتَّى لَا يُقَّى مِنْهُ إِلَّا الْقَلِينِ He says, and if he were to refrain from the obligations and indulge in the prohibitions, then his religion and iman will no doubt diminish until absolutely nothing remains of it إِلَّا الْقَلِينِ Except for a small portion. Except for very little that remains from his deen and his iman. Allah musta'am. What a sad state to be in. Now, as for the seeking of status, طلب الجاه Seeking status and to be known. Ibn Rajab rahimahullah ta'ala, he mentions in relation to it, he says, حرص المرء على الشرف أشد هلاكا من الحرص على المال He said, a person being diligent in seeking this fame and this status and to be known, it is even more destructive for him than his desire to acquire wealth. It's worse. It's even more severe and detrimental to him. Seeking that position and status and to be known is more destructive than seeking after wealth. Then he says, Rahimahullah, فَإِن طَلَبَ شَرْفَ الدُّنْيَا وَالْرِفَعَ فِيهَا وَالْرِيَاسَةَ عَلَى النَّاسِ وَالْعُلُوِ فِي الْأَرْضِ أَدَرُّ عَلَى الْعَبْدِ مِنْ طَلَبِ الْمَالِ وَضَرُّهُ أَعْظَمِ He said, for seeking notability in the dunya, and to gain authority and leadership over the people and to be exalted in the land is more harmful to the servant than his quest for wealth, than him seeking after wealth 
and his harms are a'azam his harms are greater are more severe and he mentions rahimahullah ibn rajab that it is also of two types that seeking that status that jah is also of two types two categories the first one he mentions talab al-sharf bil-wilayati wal-sultan wal-mal seeking notability and status through leadership and wealth seeking that status and to be known through gaining leadership and wealth and having ulu over the people and so Allah Azza wa Jal warned us from this affair he said to Baraka wa Ta'ala tilka daru al-akhirah نَجَعَلُهَا لِلَّذِينَ لَا يُرِيدُونَ عُلُوًّا فِي الْأَرْضِ وَلَا فَسَادًا وَالْعَاقِبَةُ لِلْمُتَّقِينَ He said, and that is the abode of the hereafter. And we have placed it for those who do not desire any ulu, any, يعني, to be exalted and to be raised in the land. وَلَا فَسَادًا Not any corruption. And the aqibah, the final outcome, is for the people of taqwa. And that's because they understood, ya ikhwan, that that rifa'ah, that being raised, then who is it from? It's from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah yarfa'ah. Allah azza wa jal is the one who raises the people. And this is extremely important in an age where many of the people are seeking are seeking and craving this status and to be known and trying to make a name for themselves. And they are willing to make mukhalafah of the haq, to completely oppose the truth in order to acquire it. They are willing to sacrifice everything and the principles of the religion and cooperate with whoever they need to cooperate with in order to get it. And no holding back. And it becomes no longer about upholding the truth. It's about what is said about me, about myself. What is my standing with the people? How do the people view me? Seeking that ulu and that rifa'ah to be raised and exalted from the people, when in reality is Allah Azza wa Jal who raises and debases. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now then he says the second category, the second category of seeking status. He says, طَلَبُ الشَّرْفِ وَالْعُلُوْ عَلَى النَّاسِ بِالْأُمُورِ الدِّينِيَّةِ كَالْعِلْمِ وَالْعَمَلِ وَالزُّهِدِ Seeking notability. And to be raised above the people through the affairs of the religion. Seeking that يعني, notability and that status and to be known by utilizing the religion to do so. Through the affairs of the religion. Such as knowledge and action and zuhd. Then he says, Rahim Allah Ta'ala, وَهَذَا أَفْحَشْ 
من الأول وأقبح وأشد فسادا وخطرا and this is far worse this is far worse and more lewd than the first one than the first type and the first category and is even more repulsive and more destructive and dangerous and detrimental that one uses the religion in order to gain that status and to be known by the people that this is even worse than the first one فَإِنَّ الْعِلْمَ وَالْعَمَلُ وَالزُّهُدْ إِنَّمَا يُطْلَبْ بِهِ مَا عِنْدَ اللَّهِ For indeed knowledge and action and zuhud that they are only sought by way of them that which is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala That is why Sufyan al-Thawri rahimahullah ta'ala said He said إِنَّمَا فَضْلُ الْعِلْمِ لِأَنَّهُ يُتَّقَى بِهَ اللَّهِ وَإِلَّا كَانَ كَسَائِلِ الْأَشْيَاءِ He said knowledge is only virtuous because it is sought for يعني by way of having the taqwa of Allah Azza wa Jal That's why a person seeks knowledge to increase in the taqwa of Allah Azza wa Jal وَإِلَّا And if that's not the case كَانَ كَسَائِلِ الْأَشْيَاءِ And it's just like anything else Just like anything else There's not much virtue to it So if this category, ya ikhwan, or this type is even worse and more severe, and this is my question now, if this category here, using the religion to gain that status and to be well known, if this is even worse, then how about nowadays, those who don't even possess knowledge, those who don't even have any amal or zuhud, or any of these affairs, no juhud. And they pretend like they have something, something that resembles these affairs. And they use that to acquire status and wealth in the dunya. Is that not worse? Is it not far worse? That a person who doesn't even have those umur diniyya to begin with, yet he pretends to have them in order to gain status and wealth from the people. Is that not worse, ya ikhwan? Huh? It's far worse. And this is not what we see happening today. That we see that they use this platform that they have created for themselves. They frame and pretend that they have these affairs with them. And they use that to entice the youth and convince them that they have to enroll into this scheme or they have to join this course or this club and pay money in order to find out how to live a better life. This is what they were saying and marketing it as. Do you have to join this club and pay money in order to find out how to live a better life. In order to find out how you can get a second wife and have a better car. This is what they use to entice the youth. And these people, ya ikhwan, to put it simply, 
that they are fraudsters. They are nothing but fraudsters and opportunists. And look at the Salaf, ya ikhwan. Look at how they were. Like when it was said, مَا بَالُ كَلَامُ مِنْ كَلَامِنَا That why is the speech of the Salaf more beneficial than our speech? And this statement we hear, Shaykh Abu Dris, Habibullah Ta'ala, repeating often, he loves this statement. It's a powerful statement. That why is the speech of the Salaf more beneficial than our speech? لِأَنَّهُمْ تَكَلَّمُوا بِعِزَّ Islam. Because when they spoke, they would speak for the honor of the religion. They would speak to honor Islam. They would speak in aid and in honor of the deen of Allah Taala. And for the salvation of the souls. And they would speak for the pleasure of Ar-Rahman. But when we speak, And when we speak, we speak to honor our own selves. We speak to support and honor, give honor to our own selves. dunya, And in seeking after the dunya, And in order for us to be accepted by the people. A powerful, powerful statement, Ya Ikhwan. For anyone who has ever doubted why the way of the Salaf is A'lam wa Ahkam wa Aslam. Why the way of the Salaf is more knowledgeable, more wise and more just, and why is safer and better for us. That when they spoke, then their speech was for the honor of the religion and the salvation of the souls, and the pleasure of Allah Taala. And when we speak, is for the honor of our own selves, seeking after the dunya, and to have acceptance, acceptance among the people. That they weren't in it to build a name for themselves. They weren't in it to build a platform for themselves, and a persona for themselves. And market themselves as personalities. This is not why they were in it. They were in it sincerely for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Their goal was to please Allah Azza wa This is why we find the narration when Ma'awiyah radiallahu an that he wrote to Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha seeking advice. He said, Anuktubi ilayya kitaban. He said, he asked her, he said to her, he said, write to me a letter advising me and do not overburden me. And keep it concise. So she wrote back to him, she said, Salamun alayk, amma ba'd, fa'inni sami'tu rasulullahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam yaqul. She wrote back to him with mother, with hadith. That's a beautiful advice. She wrote back to him with the speech of the Messenger of Allah. And she could have chosen, Ya Ikhwan, many things to have said and advised him with. 
How many hadith did she hear from the Messenger of Allah Having lived alongside him in his household as his wife. But she chose this particular hadith of the Messenger of Allah to give to him as an advice. And it shows us what, ya ikhwan, the importance of this advice. That she said, I heard the Messenger of Allah say, Manin tamasa ridallah bi sakhatin nas kafahullahu ma'unatan nas. Then the Messenger of Allah said, That whoever seeks the pleasure of Allah through the anger and displeasure of the people, then Allah will suffice him from the harms of the people. وَمَنِنْ تَمَسَ رِضَ النَّاسِ بِسَخَطِ اللَّهِ وَكَّلَهُ اللَّهُ إِلَى النَّاسِ وَالسَّلَامُ عَلَيْكِ And whoever seeks the pleasure of the people through the displeasure and anger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then Allah azza wa jal will entrust him to the people. What a beautiful, ya ikhwan, as a, a statement and a principle for us to abide by. That you make the pleasure of Allah Azza wa above all else. That your goal and your aim is to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even if that brings about the displeasure of the people. That your aim is not to please the people. It's not to have acceptance, acceptance among the people. But your aim is to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this now, no doubt, ya ikhwan is much of what we see happening today. And the Messenger of Allah warned us from this affair. When he said, مَن تَعَلَّمَ عِلْمًا مِمَّا يُبْتَغَى بِهِ وَجَ اللَّهِ Whoever learns knowledge by which the face of Allah Taala, ذُو الْجَلَالِ وَالْإِكْرَامِ sought, لَا يَتَعَلَّمُهُ إِلَّا لِيُصِيبَ بِهِ عَرَضًا مِنَ الدُّنْيَا And he does not learn that knowledge except in order to obtain by way of it a portion of the dunya. لَمْ يَجِدْ عَرْفَ الْجَنَّةِ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ Then he will not smell the fragrance of paradise on the day of resurrection. وَاللَّهُ مُسْتَعَنَ So both of these affairs, ya ikhwan, this love of wealth and status and to be known to the people, that in reality, they are an indication of what is essentially the root cause of these diseases and ailments. And that no doubt is hubbu dunya is loving the dunya, being ardent upon acquiring the dunya. وَإِثَارَتُهَا عَلَى الْآخِرَةِ And to prioritize the dunya over and above the hereafter. And this is why he warned us, Sallallahu Alaihi dunya. He will sell his religion for a portion of the dunya. And to that extent, that is how far he's willing to go to obtain that wealth and that status and position among the people that he will sell his religion at the expense of what, Ya Ikhwan? At the expense of his hereafter. When he sells his religion, in reality he's selling 
he's hereafter. And we find in the hadith of the Messenger of Allah وسلم, which is the hadith of Anas in the Tirmidhi, that he وسلم, said, Man kanatil The whoever makes the hereafter his concern, his hem, his priority and concern, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will place richness in his heart. Allah places richness in his heart. Why? Because true richness, ya ikhwan, is richness of the heart. Ghina'ul qalb, that the heart is rich. The heart is content and pleased with Allah wa ta'ala. And that which he subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to the individual. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will gather together for him his affairs. When he prioritizes the hereafter, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will gather together for him his affairs. Meaning he finds his affairs in order. And the dunya will come to him regardless. He doesn't prioritize it. Nor does he seek after the dunya. However, his portion of the dunya will come to him regardless. And Ibn Qayyim rahimahullah ta'ala, here's a profound statement in this regard. He said in Al-Fawaid, إِذَا أَصْبَحَ الْعَبْدُ وَأَمْسَى وَلَيْسَ هَمَّهُ إِلَّا اللَّهُ وَحْدَهُ That when the morning and evening enter upon the servant, and his concern is nothing but Allah Azza wa Jal. That is his only concern. Tahammal Allah subhanahu hawaijahu kullaha. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will take care of all of his affairs and all of his needs. When he does what, Yaykhwan? When he makes Allah Azza wa Jal his concern, his priority. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will take care of all of his needs and his affairs. And he subhanahu wa ta'ala will remove from him all of that which worries him and causes him to grief and be saddened. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala removes it from him. And he subhanahu wa ta'ala will free up his heart for the love of Allah azza wa jal. وَلِسَانَهُ لِذِكْرِي And he, he will free up his tongue for his dhikr وَجَوَارِحَهُ لِطَاعَتِي And his limbs for obedience to him tabarak wa ta'ala Then he says, Rahim Allah, however, however, when he wakes and sleeps, when the morning and evening enters upon him, and the dunya is his concern, he's not concerned with Allah azza wa jal, he's not concerned with his hereafter, but the dunya is his concern. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala places all of its worries and griefs upon him. When he makes the dunya his concern, then Allah Azza wa Jal will place all of his worries and griefs upon him. And he subhanahu wa ta'ala will entrust him to his own self, عُقُوبَةً له, as a punishment for him. وَلَعِيَاذُ بِاللَّهِ That as a punishment 
that he's entrusted to his own self. And it's why the Messenger of Allah would supplicate and say, وَلَا تَكِلْنِي إِلَى نَفْسِي تَرْفَةَ عَيْنٍ And do not entrust me to my own self, not even for the blink of an eye, and not even for a single moment am I to be entrusted to my own self, left to my own devices. Allah Musta'an. فَشَغَلَ قَلْبَهُ عَنْ مُحَبَّتِي بِمُحَبَّةِ الْخَلْقِ so his heart is distracted and preoccupied with the love of the creation rather than the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَلِسَانَهُ عَنْ ذِكْرِهِ بِذِكْرِهِمْ And his tongue is preoccupied with their mentioning, mentioning the people instead of the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَجَوَارِحَهُ عَنْ طَاعَتِي بِخِدْمَتِهِمْ وَاشْغَالِهِمْ And his limbs are preoccupied by being in service to them, to the people, instead of being obedient to Him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. فَهُوَ يَقْتَحُ كَدْحَ الْوَحُوشِ فِي خِدْمَةِ غَيْرِهِ So he is put to work and held captive, as the animals are held cap- captive, constantly in the service of others. Allahumma then the Messenger of Allah said, وَمَنْ كَانَتِ الدُّنْيَا هَمَّةِ وَمَنْ كَانَتِ الدُّنْيَا هَمَّةِ And whoever makes the dunya his concern and his priority, جَعَلَ اللَّهُ فَقْرَهُ بَيْنَ عَيْنَيْهِ Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala places poverty between his two eyes. Places poverty between his two eyes. Even though he may possess the dunya, but he sees himself as being poor. He sees himself as poor. Why? Because he's not content. There's something wrong with his heart. His heart is not content. He doesn't have that ghina al qalb, that richness of the heart. So he constantly sees himself as impoverished, as being in a state of poverty and discontent. He's not pleased with the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَفَرَّقَ عَلَيْهِ شَمْلًا And his affairs will be in disarray and complete and utter chaos. وَلَمْ يَأْتِهِ مِنَ الدُّنْيَا إِلَّا مَا قُدِّرَ لَهِ And nothing by way of the dunya will come to him except that which is already decreed for him anyway. So he makes the dunya his concern, his priority. And the dunya doesn't come to him except that which is decreed anyway. He spends his entire time chasing after, acquiring that wealth, wasting his lifetime in the pursuit of it. And he doesn't acquire it anyway, except that which Allah has decreed for him. And Ibn Qayyim also mentioned in relation to this, in the Fawaid, he said that you find that all of those worries, الهموم والغموم والأحزان, that all of those worries and grief and sadness and depression, that all of them occur, تحصل من جهتين, occur from two angles or two ways. He says the first one, الرغبة في الدنيا والحرص عليها. By being ardent, 
upon obtaining the dunya, desiring after the dunya, and being ardent upon obtaining it. And the second, التقسير في أعمال البر falling short in relation to righteous actions and acts of obedience to Allah Taala. Those are the causes. These two causes of all those grief and sadness and worries that are felt and experienced by the people. Now, so as for the ilaj, as for the cure, then what is the cure for all of this? For this love of wealth and status and position and love of dunya, then no doubt, ikhwan, the ilaj, the cure, is to prioritize the hereafter. To make the akhirah your concern and your aham. To prioritize the deen of Allah ta'ala. That you make the haq more beloved to you than anything else. That the truth is more beloved to you than anything else. And it's why Ibn Qayyim ta'ala he said that you find that the perfection and completeness of mankind تَدُرُوا حَوْلَ أَصْلَيْنِ That it revolves around two affairs. The perfection and completeness of mankind revolves around two affairs. The first one, مَعْرِفَةُ الْحَقِّ مِنَ الْبَاطِلِ To know and recognize the truth from falsehood. That you know and recognize the truth and distinguish it from the falsehood. And the second, وَإِثَارُ الْحَقِّ عَلَى الْبَاطِلِ and that you prioritize the haq. You prioritize the truth above the falsehood by acting upon it and by calling to it. By acting upon tatbiq, by implementing the haq. Implementing the truth. Because it's not enough, it's not sufficient. To simply know the truth. That a person says, Khalas, I know what the haq is. I know what the sunnah is. I know what the manhaj of the salaf was in this particular regard and this affair. However, he has absolutely no implementation whatsoever. He does not prioritize it at all. No implementation. لا ترى للحق حقه. As the poet said, that you know the truth. Because what's the issue? You know the truth, but what is the issue? That you don't see that the haq has a haq. You don't see that the truth has a right. And what is the right of the truth, ya ikhwan? To be followed, to be implemented. To be placed above all else, to be prioritized. The one who is in, the one who is sincere, the person upon sunnah, he prioritizes the haq. Why? Because he knows and understands al haq 
That the truth is more deserving of being followed, has the right to be followed and upheld. And Shaykh Rabi'ah, Ta'ala, he has some tremendous kalam regarding this affair. And you will find it, inshaAllah Ta'ala, in his explanation of the hadith of Irbat bin Sariya. That he has a beautiful piece of advice in, in relation to upholding the truth. And he addresses the Muslim youth and he says, Ya Shabab al-Islam, he says, O oh Muslim youth, Safinatun Najat, Hir ihtikamu in Allah. That that ship and that vessel that will sell to salvation is to return our rulings and affairs back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He says, Habibullah Ta'ala, Shaykh Rabi'i. He says, O oh, Muslim youth, that ship or vessel of salvation is to return our rulings and affairs back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Safinatun Najat, he al faza'u ila ta'atillah wa ta'ati rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He says that vessel of salvation is to hasten to the obedience of Allah and the obedience of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in Allah So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said So flee to Allah Why? Because you can't flee from Allah in Allah So flee to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala واللجوء إلى الله وإلى حكمه في قضايا الخلاف لنتبين من على الحق. He says it is likewise to return back to Allah and His rule in those affairs of differing and splitting in order to make clear and manifest 
who is upon the truth. So you will know and make clear who is upon the haq, who is upon the truth. So we will take his statement. If he's upon the truth, then we take his statement. Not because he is fulan. Not because of who he is. We don't simply take his statement because of who he is. Because of his status and position. But rather we take his statement because the proof is with him. And because the truth is with him. And because he has the statement of Allah and the statement of the Messenger of Allah with him. Then he said, Habibullah Ta'ala, وَنَتْرُكْ مَنْ يُخَالِفُهُ كَائِنًا مَنْ كَانْ And we leave off and abandon the one who opposes and contradicts it. The one who opposes the truth. We leave off and abandon him. كَائِنًا مَنْ كَانْ Regardless of who he may be. Doesn't matter who he may be. His status and his makana. And what he is known for. مَهْمَا رُسِخَتْ قَدَمُهُ فِي الْعِلْمِ وَفِي الْعِبَادَةِ وَفِي الدِّينِ وَفِي الْوَرَعِ Regardless of how firm his feet may be planted in knowledge and in worship and in religion and piety. That when he opposes the haqq, when he opposes the truth, then he cannot, his statement cannot be taken. Be mujarrad, simply due to his opposition of the haqq. How can we support such a person who has abandoned the truth? How can we support a person who has opposed the kitab or sunnah? How? Because that now means, ya ikhwan, that we no longer hold firm to the truth. The truth is no longer our mizan and our mi'yar, our scale by which we weigh up the statements and the actions of the people. That would mean a necessity that we have abandoned the truth. That we are no longer looking at who is mutamassik bil haq, who is holding firm to the truth. And then Ibn Qayyim rahimahullah, he continues and says, going back to his statement of those two fundamentals, which were what, ya ikhwan? Checking that you're, you're with me, inshaAllah. Those two foundations that the perfection and completeness of mankind revolve around, knowing the truth and, and prioritizing it. Prioritizing it above the falsehood. So he says, Rahimahullah Ta'ala ibn Qayyim, he says, وَتَفَاوَتَ مَنَازِلُ الْخَلْقِ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ فِي الدُّنْيَ وَالْآخِرَةِ بِحَسَبِ تَفَاوَتِهِمْ فِي هَذَيْنِ الْأَمْرَيْنِ And the levels of the creation with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in this dunya and the hereafter, they vary 
in accordance to how they are with regards to these two affairs. The levels vary with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In accordance to how they are with these two affairs, meaning how they are with the truth, and how they are when it comes to prioritizing the truth. Then he mentions, rahimahullah ta'ala, four types of people as it relates to these two affairs. He says the first one is the one who knows the truth. عَرَفَ الْحَقِّ He knows the truth. And he gives it precedence and preference over and above the falsehood. By acting upon it. And in accordance to it, and by calling to it. And these individuals are no doubt the best of the creation. They are Ashraf al Khalq wa Akramuhum Allahi Ta'ala. The best of the people and the most honorable of the people with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The second type that he mentions, Malla Basirata Lahu Fiddin. The one who has no understanding in his religion. Wala rahbata lahu fihi di nafsihi wala di ghayrihi. He has no understanding and insight in his religion. And he has no desire for it, for himself, nor for anyone else. Meaning he doesn't know the truth, nor does he want to know the truth, nor does he want to prioritize the truth or call to it. And they no doubt are the worst type of people. They're the worst type of people. The third category or type that he mentioned the one who has insight and understanding of knowledge and guidance, but he is da'if, he is weak, he has no strength and capability whatsoever. So he knows the truth, but what Yaikhwan? He can't prioritize it. He can't implement it. So he says, فَهَذَا حَالُ الْمُؤْمِنِ الْدَعِيفِ That this is the affair of the weak believer. This is the state and the affair of the weak believer. وَالْمُؤْمِنُ الْقَوِيِّ خَيْرٌ وَأَحَبُّ إِلَى اللَّهِ مِنْهُمْ And the strong believer is what, ya ikhwan? Is khair, is better, and أَحَبْ إِلَى اللَّهِ More beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala than him. The fourth category that he mentions. The one who has strength and passion. But he lacks insight and understanding of his religion. And he wants to implement the truth. He wants to carry out the truth. However, he doesn't have knowledge of the truth. He doesn't have knowledge of the truth. And the solution, ya ikhwan, and cure, the cure, and perhaps, inshallah ta'ala, we'll end uh, with this final statement from the Imam ibn Qayyim, rahimahullah ta'ala, that he says that the solution and the cure is to free the heart from all of these diseases, to ensure that your heart is a heart that is salim. Your heart is a heart that is pure and free from these things, free from these ailments, 
free from these diseases that we have been discussing and talking about during this conference, that the heart is free from these affairs. Then he describes what the qalb salim is. What is that qalb that is salim? He says, Al qalb salim huwa alladhi salima min al-shirk wal-ghil wal-hiqt wal-hasad wal-shuh wal-kibar wal-hub al-dunya wal-riyasa. That the heart that is sound is the heart that is free from shirk. Is free from shirk and from hatred and animosity and jealousy and shuh, miseriness and arrogance and love of the dunya and leadership. is free from these things. Far removed from these things. These things don't sit right in his heart. He doesn't desire them whatsoever. That that is the sound heart. Then he says, فَالسَّلِمَ مِنْ كُلِّ آفَةٍ تُبْعِدُهُ عَنِ اللَّهِ So he's free from every single affair that will make him further away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That will distance him from Allah azza wa jal. وَالسَّلِمَ مِنْ كُلِّ شُبْهَةٍ تُعَارِضُ خَبْرَهُ and it is free, is the heart that is free from every doubt that goes against his khabar, that goes against that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has informed us of. And it is free from every desire that goes against his command, goes against the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَسَلِمَ مِنْ كُلِّ إِرَادَةٍ تَزَاحَمَ مُرَادَةٍ And it is free from every intent and want that goes against and conflicts with his murad, his murad subhanahu wa ta'ala, with his intent, that which he intends, tabarak wa ta'ala. وَسَلِمَ مِنْ كُلِّ قَاطِعٍ يَقْتَعُ عَنِ اللَّهِ And it is free from every single thing that will cut him off. And disconnecting from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then he concludes and says, وَلَا تُتِمَّ لَهُ السَّلَامَةُ مُطْلَقًا حَتَّى يُسَلَّمْ مِنْ خَمْسَةِ أَشْيَاءً And its soundness cannot be absolute and complete until it is free from five affairs. The heart cannot be completely sound Absolutely sound until it is free from all of these five affairs. Then he mentions them. Min shirkin yunaqil tawheed. From shirk which negates tawheed. Wa bid'ah tukhalifu sunnah. And from innovation which contradicts and opposes the sunnah. Wa shahwa tukhalifu al-amr. And that desire, that lust, that conflicts with the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَغَفْلَهْ تُنَاقِضُ الذِّكْرِ And with negligence, which negates the remembrance and dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَهَوَى يُنَاقِضُ التَّجْرِيدِ وَالْإِخْلَاصِ And with desires which negate having sincerity for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
And with that, ya ikhwan, we conclude. And we ask Allah Azza wa Jal an yutahira qulubana. That He purifies our hearts. And He makes our hearts, those hearts, that are sound and free from these ailments and diseases. And we ask Him subhanahu wa ta'ala that He rewards all of those who have participated in this mini-conference from the Asatidah and the organizers and those who have sat here patiently listening. May Allah Azza wa Jalla reward you all for your patience. Rizakum Allah khairah. وَبَارَكَ فِيكُمْ With that we conclude. وَبِهَادَ النَّكْتَفِي وَصَلِّ اللَّهُمَ وَسَلِّمْ وَبَارِكْ عَلَى نَبِيَنَ مُحَمَّدْ وَعَلَى آلِهِ وَصَحْبِ أَجْمَعِينَ وَالْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ